Hey everybody, uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you're doing any Halloween shopping or still doing some back-to-school shopping, uh, just use our Amazon link here. It only works in the U.S., unfortunately. So thanks for everybody that's offered in the non-U.S., but it's sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. It'll be the same great Amazon you always use, same prices and everything. We'll just get a small percentage of your purchases. And that helps us pay for all, you know, all our recurring expenses uh, on the podcast. Thanks so much, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. Hey, are you only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. I don't know if I like that cadence, but the podcast is here to put you to sleep. Hey, my cadence is off tonight, and, I don't, and, and I, I'm not going to edit this, I don't think. The podcast is here to put you to sleep. That's the right cadence. Is that cadence or beat? I don't know, but that third one was how it's my in, internal organs, they, they hummed there. They said, okay, that's a good one. Uh, we do with the bedtime story, repetitive, re- 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 repetition too, but mostly we do with the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what am I going to do? Well, tonight's Metastas news. So I'm going to talk about the Colombian version of Breaking Bad Metastasis. Uh, I'm going to talk about an episode, and then I'm going to talk about the corresponding Breaking Bad episode. And then I'm going to try to pick up some Spanish that I, I don't speak Spanish. A little language learning action. And then we'll be doing a little more. We'll maybe say, geez, I was curious about this. Let's see if we can learn about this. But really what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been running through your brain, racing, whatever's got you, uh, whatever's preventing you from falling asleep, actually. Whether it's something in your brain, your body, your spirit, or your soul. Or, you know, alternative belief system, you know, of any, you say, geez, I don't believe in any of those things, Scooter. Well, your, your, uh, whatever that says, your stern, you know, unbelieving belief system, you know, thingamajig. Uh, You know, your figure-outer, because my figure-outer is always busted. So, whatever it is, I'm going to try to distract those parts of you, or distract you, I'm going to try to... I guess that's a safe place, uh, is, you know, I'm going to send my voice, reach out across the deep, dark night, bring your attention and your focus outside of yourself, outside of your body, your mind, your emotions. I don't, I don't know what much of your spirit stuff, you know, I'm not good at that, but, you know, at least if it's a disturbed spirit, you know, I'll bring that attention here. And you just focus on me, but you don't got to focus too hard. You don't got to hit, like, kind of like uh, when you, you're staring at something and you say, geez, I, I was looking at it, but then I lost focus. That's the whole thing with this podcast. You're listening to it, but then your ears and your mind kind of lose focus. So I'm going to do my best to make it distracting enough, engaging enough to take your mind off of stuff, but not so gripping that you're like, oh boy, I got to stay awake. But at the same time, on a whole nother level, I'm going to do my best to be here as your boyfriend the whole show and, and keep you mildly amused. So if you can't fall asleep, uh, I'll be here. I'll be present here. 
uh, just drinking my, you know, imaginary tea with my imaginary chamomile biscuits. Uh, you know, now with ether pockets, you know, that's a new thing I'm going to invent. And they say, well, it's illegal, but it will. You know, ether pockets, uh, chamomile biscuits with ether pockets. They slow it down. Uh, what was that, my point? So I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's going on. And I know a, a lot of you, some of you might be new here. And you might be skeptical. You say, Jesus, guy, he's got this podcast. He says it puts people to sleep. Uh, what a load of malarkey. And I would say if you use the word malarkey regularly, you're, you might be my hero. Uh, or we could be arch enemies, probably, probably one or the other. But, but, but damn, I love that word malarkey. Uh, but, but, but this, well, this podcast does have malarkey, but not the kind where it's like, uh, actually, well, geez, holy mackerel, this podcast might be a load of malarkey. But, but a different, maybe it's a different load of malarkey than you'd expect is what I'd say. And so if you're new here and you're skeptical, I, I love that. I, I, I'm a, a, a terribly skeptical person. And I'm not making any promises here. I'm going to do my best to help you fall asleep. This is a different podcast than a guided meditation or rain sounds or someone, you know, just saying, uh, breathe deeper. Breathe deeper as the, the doves fly to the sky. The flapping of their wings unflaps the tension in your back. Pull your spine down. Like, you, whenever they tell me to do that, what the hell, and this isn't an anti-instructor thing, but how the hell do I pull my belly button towards my spine? I can't figure that out. And that imagery doesn't work for me, and then I start to get irritable. And that's the same thing, so this podcast is kind of for people like that, maybe. But I want to go back to the skepticism, because one thing, even in non-skeptic, you know, is that part of your brain that says, hey, I'm going to try this out tonight instead of thinking I want to fall asleep tonight. I'm going to give this scooter guy a shot. He's a total goofball, Malarkey City, I think he said, population him. And I think I could use, there's always a part of your brain that's like, whoa, boy, you're going to do what? Well, the podcast is free. He said there's no, you know, there's really no reason not to try it. Well, that's a terrible idea. Why don't we just stay up and think? Don't you? We don't get stuff to worry about. Uh, so most of us have some sort of internal skeptic. Maybe you're like me and you have about 65 internal skeptics of different voices and different levels of power and different, you know, strate- strategies to get your attention. Or maybe you have one. Maybe you have none. You say you have something else going on. But I guess I, w- I wouldn't mind. I say, geez, if you, you take a healthy dose of skepticism this podcast, I would say there's a couple different ways to be skeptical about it. And normally people that say, hey, why don't you you know look at it like a scientist? But I don't know if that fits the podcast because, uh, you know, scientists without a sense of humor that have listened to this podcast have had to be flown to Sweden uh, inside of those barometric chambers for deep sea divers, and I had to get insurance for this because they said you, you you're damaging the scientific, the humorless scientific community, sir. And I said, okay, tell me about this. And they said, yeah, when a scientist, skeptical, humorless scientist hears about it, it bubbles form in his brain. And they said malarkey bubbles, and they said you've used that word enough. And I said, whoa, whoa, calm it down. 
And I said, what are you, the scientist enforcer? And then the guy ripped open his shirt. He had his shirt. It was, anyway, weird, you know. Uh, but so then I said, they said, I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, fly him to Sweden. You know, we got a team on it, team, you know, team of Swedes. We got some Norwegians coming in. We got it handled. And they decided, maybe, the, I think it was a barometric chamber. It may have been Benoit Balls, though. But it doesn't matter. I said, well, geez, they said, we have insurance for this. I said, they said, 40 bucks. I said, shit, let's go for it. Uh, so we're covered on that. But I would say don't take a scientific method in this podcast. Clearly don't exactly mix. Because uh, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just doing my best, you know. And they said, well, I don't understand that. How can you do your best of it? Well, I don't know. But it's, I don't know what to tell you. I think that maybe that was this. Anyway... So maybe another kind of skepticism, and then and I, I've been thinking about this, and then I saw well, we'll talk about it another time because uh, I'm hoping to read the book. But but I would say, why don't you take a, a form of skeptic skepticism, like an English school child or English orphan, school age English orphan, out on a country estate who's found a, a portal to another world, usually through an armoire. And you see, those children are skeptical. They, they, they've, or usually at least one or two of them are. Now, don't be the kid that's the traitor, you know. They throw the traitor in there sometimes. But there's always one or two of the kids, and even the, 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 the leader, she usually has a, at least a doe, like if she says, well, you're a doe, how do I know you're a good doe with your doe eyes? So maybe take it, but, but they have a different skepticism because their English orphan school children just crossed over into another world through an armoire. And it's a, it's a, it's a powerful skepticism, but, it, but it's uh, tempered by some sort of delight and wonder. And I don't know if this podcast will necessarily delight you or, or, or make you feel wonder, but that is one of my like deep-down desires. Yeah, probably the needy performing child in me, that, you know, that maybe the English orphan, I'm the one, or maybe I'm like the uh, the goat with human legs or the human with goat legs. And I got my, I said, I'm busting out my pan flute here to delight you orphans, to trust me. And I guess that's pretty much what the podcast is. You're the, I'm trying to help you cross over into that armoire. And then I say, well, geez, that metaphor doesn't work because you're supposed to be already in the armoire, which is in another world. So by the time we met you, we'd be asleep already. I said, well, that would work, you know. A trick, the old trick, trickster, pan, pan boy. Uh, playing his pan flute till you fall asleep. That's Scooter. He smells like a goat and he dances like a goat, goat, you know, goat man, goat boy, man boy. So I'm I'm pro skepticism and I'm I'm here like like that to say well I see your skepticism I'd like to raise you a tempered level of wonder and delight but mostly you know don't wait around for that because then your skepticism will be like well this is not delightful this is more like uh, not horrible and I see isn't it delightful when things aren't horrible. Oh, look at this wonder. He's just talking, and it's not going anywhere. I wonder what he'll say next. Will he say Oshkosh Bagash next? So maybe I'm looking for a different kind of delight, a different kind of wonder. And I am the main wonder and delight that I'm looking for. 
is to take your mind off stuff and have you just wake up tomorrow and be like, I don't know what the hell he was talking about. I mean, I'm pretty sure I had a dream where he was playing a pan flute and talking about some sort of magic blanket he was selling for $1,000, and I think he started playing the blanket at some point. And then I just pulled my blankets back over my head, and I fell back asleep again. And then maybe we'll feel some delight and wonder. But, you know, this, those are, those are pie-in-the-sky goals. The main thing is, let's just take your mind off of stuff. I'm going to be silly, I'm going to be goofy, but mostly I'm going to try to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, uh, clearly metaphors... That, you know, you know, she's, she's, I don't know if that is a metaphor. I think that maybe was that a metaphor? Metaphors that it can't, could never be similes, even if I use like an as. Uh, or I just say confusing things and then you kind of say, well, I'm going to stop thinking here. Clearly, we're dealing with the, you know, goat brain. I got goat on the brain this week, too. So that's it. I'm glad you're here. And I really hope, I really hope, I really desire, really yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. Uh, You can also find them on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcatcher. Best way is to get it through iTunes or podcatcher like Pocket Cast if you're on Android or Stitcher. That way the podcast just comes straight to you. Uh, let's see, you can comment on the website, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. I think I said that, uh, you can comment on the website. You can email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, best way to get a hold of me is either on Twitter at Dear Scooter on Facebook, Sleep With Me Podcast. And that's where I try to post bloopers and sleep related articles and stuff like that. We also have a, a Facebook community that sprung up a little while back, and that's it. You can, the quickest way to get to it is at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. I want to thank our moderators over there, Jennifer B., Laura, Julie C., Lida, and Rachel LG. I also want to thank uh, Scotty and Jennifer, who take care of all our iconic artwork. And I want to thank Chris Posty, posters him from Sounds Like an Earful, who does the music you heard at the top of the show. He's got a podcast. You should check it out if you can. It's at uh, Sounds Like an Earful is the name of the podcast and the website. Uh, other announcements. If, if you're finding yourself you needing some uh, uh, podcasts on Monday or Wednesday, Sleep, with me, Sleep to Strange is out. That's on iTunes and Pocket Cast and Stitcher. And it's just episodes without the intro. So if you're some reason like, oh boy, these intros take forever. It doesn't. A lot of people relax it. Some people doesn't. So just check out Sleep to Strange. A uh, quick way to get there right now is uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strange if you're on an Apple device. And if you're on Android, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strange Android. And if you could subscribe to that and review and rate it. And it also makes good music if you know... If you leave your dog home alone, or you're wait, you know you're waiting for water to boil, and you're saying, "I don't know if I could just sit here watching this water boil without nothing to listen to." You know, if you're really concentrating, put on our podcast because then you can still concentrate on the water and just you know, if you want to see the moment it boils, I know with you know how exciting that is. Put on the podcast, sleep to strange. The International Podcast Day is coming up here at the end of the month of September the 30th. I don't know what the date is today. 
or when the 30th is. I think maybe it's in the middle of the week. Let's see. I don't know. I can't find the date. Uh, but but I'll, I'll be tweeting and maybe putting on Facebook uh, stuff like every hour uh, about podcasts I love to support other people. And just in case you haven't heard me, my love of podcasts, uh, you know, uh, or something, you say, geez, I didn't know Scooter listened to the, you know, whatever, uh, the Wheel of Cheese podcast or whatever, you know. I don't listen to that, but... Uh, I don't even know if that exists, but that'll be International Podcast Day, September 30th. I keep meaning to email the guy or text or to tweet him and say, does it start at UTC, like 0000? Uh, but I would think it does, but I don't know. So that, but there'll be a barrage of stuff in your feeds. But it'll be good stuff, a lovely, lovely podcast. So that's coming up. I think that's it. I want to thank... Uh, I want to thank everyone for their lovely participation this week. I want to thank Summer for the email, Laura P. for the email, Tom for the email, Brittany for the email, uh, December for the Twitter email, Twitter mail. Uh, also on Twitter, we heard from a bunch of new people on Twitter. This was so, it was so lovely. Casey, uh, Dan, David B., uh, Mary Beth. I heard from da- another David Ski PB or something. I said, is that, is he, is that Mr. Pibb? I don't know if that's the real Mr. Pibb or not. I don't think so, but that's David, another David. Katie S., Brooke R., we heard more from our buddy Drop Point. He, he's working on a podcast. Uh, I got to check out David's music. Also working on getting ready to promote uh, our buddy Tara. Tara, yeah, who just moved. Uh, You know, other longtime participants, Billy, uh, Jill RM was talking about Oris, 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 Oris. That's what they should call him instead of R. You say, oh, maybe I guess that's it when you're doing good. You say, well, how's your or Ura? It's more like an Ura right now. Uh, Kim M and I were talking, or Kim, Kim L and I, excuse me, we're, talk- we're talking about M, Musketeers, and Musky Poo. I almost tweeted at Musky Poo, but I said, geez, I don't want to get on his bad side because I need his two, you know, his high speed. Two, uh, I say, put high speed rail aside. I want to travel by convec- convection and vacuum, no doubt about it. Also, want to talk, say hi to John S., who, who's in the middle of uh, adjusting to living in Florida. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Brandy E.S. for talking about the podcast. Lauren Alexandra, Chrissy D, Lori C, Mary Beth, Rachel M talking about the podcast. Thank you. All right, over on iTunes, we got a bunch of iTunes thank yous. Holy cow, this goes to another page. Uh, I want to thank Amelia's mommy who says uh, she's addicted to uh, sleep with me. And you can toss the sleeping pills. Thank you, Amelia's mommy. Say hi to Amelia for me. I don't know, and if it's Amelia Bedelia, say, I know, you know, I'm not familiar with your work, but one day maybe I will be. It says, Amelia Bedelia, and I know I've gotten in trouble with this on this podcast before, the nanny or the little girl in the raincoat? Because they always get those two mixed up. Like, she was like a French girl, or they were going to see the Louvre. 
And now he says, that Amelia Bedelia, and then the kids, the kids love this, even when it's not material, which it isn't right now. But little kids will think you're doing material. They'll say, no, it's the nanny. And I'll say, oh, this, is, that, is, that, is this she a nanny or maid or, 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 you know, personal servant? Do you think she's got a retirement plan? Did the family give her a retirement plan? She solves mysteries? Okay. What about the mystery of her uh, health care? Anyway, sorry, Amelia. I didn't mean to go nuts out there, but I do that. But thanks for the support of the podcast. Uh, cheese it this. Cheese it this. Cheese it this. I wish I had a song for that. I'm not songing you tonight for some reason. But cheese it this says we're the Bob, Bob Ross of podcast. Holy cow. Makes them marginally interesting and mind-numbingly boring. Only complaint is that I make uh, cheese at this uh, chuckle before bed. As long as you don't have any cheese, it's in bed. Unless you prefer that. You say, well, that relaxes me. The uh, salt and the uh, fake cheese is so good for my skin. I say, well, you might be on to something, except for, you know, gluten and flour allergies, maybe. But thanks, cheese it. And then another celebrity, o- OMG Donatello. Uh, out of all my here favorite, you know, that's my favorite hero in a half shell is Donatello, I think. Or is Donatello the one I don't, well, now I love, uh, Donatello, you are my favorite. You're the one that lets everyone else take the pizza first, I think. And the smart one. And they, they say it totally works, and they've never made it one, through one episode, so thank you. Then we have a review from Meep, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, Yummy Sleepy Time. And I'll say there's a symbol, but I think they meant Meep, 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 Meep. So thank you, a Meep to you. And then uh, EC e- e- Savage 1, XSAV 1. Do you work for Beats 1? Because I'd like to get on Beats 1, right? you know, after midnight. You could, after midnight, Scooter's gonna bore you out. Hey, this is Scooter here. Beats 1, world, we're worldwide right now. Oh, no, we can't be because then people will be partying, and this is a boring. Beats 1.25, uh, not quite worldwide. We're worldwide everywhere where it's, you know, bedtime for non-partiers. Okay, not beats one. Anyway, this is a thank you for Escaz, Savage one who says that we're an excellent podcast for bedtime. Thank you so much, soothing and effective. And then Carl Randy seventy seven says we're a great podcast. Nice job, thank you, Carl Randy seventy seven. My brother's name's Carl, but he's not seventy seven. He wasn't born in seventy seven. But thank you so much. Thank you everyone for the reviews. If you want to write a review, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Or if you, like I said, I guess you can say, you could say, geez, I love this review. You can check something. I was looking at it. And you can say, yes, this review is helpful. So so go tell some people the review's great, too. All right? Thanks so much. Okay, so uh, here we are. We're talking. Uh, actually, I don't, I don't have it in front of me what episode this is. So I think it's either 13 or 14 of this uh, metastasis. But this is one of the ones that I'll always remember, the opening of this one. And so we're going to cover the opening in a couple different ways tonight. But this is just was my first impressions of the one on metastasis. Uh, first I put Mariachi or Tejano. 
And then I put bus, then I put dreamlike parts, Heisenberg. There's like a smaller Heisenberg. There was money. There was the woman from the seventh seal, I believe. I said, geez, was she in that movie? I said, holy Higmar Berman. And I said, she said, just botched that joke. Holy. Uh, but I might as well just keep going. Because I said, geez, uh, is, if, 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 they said, that guy with the chest set's going to come after me now. Damn you, Bergman. Uh, but then there, I think there was a bank security guard there, cooking, money, platas, desert. At some point, Eisenberg walks off past a woman. I mean, you could do literally a whole episode on this, and we're going to do a chunk of the episode talking about this later. The uh, cop guard, past the woman, past the cop guard, so a guy into the distance, lies down, looks left and right. Lies down with candles, there's a cigar. Uh, the smaller Heisenberg walks, uh, decides he's going to take a long, long nap, so long, with the money. It may be Santa Muerte. I said, well, if that's not Igmar Bergman, uh, it might be Santa Muerte. And then we have the opening of the show, and it was a music video for a n- n- Narco Corridos. Uh, and we'll talk about it more, but what a, holy mackerel, what a wonderful, what a wonderful treasure this show, uh, both Metastasis and Breaking Bad is, what, what an honor it is, I'm not kidding, uh, even though it's a bit of work to watch this much of one show, it's like sometimes you're like, Jesus, it's like going, doing something, you're like, man, this has a, this work has a reward, and then I get to do a podcast and talk about it. Uh, but it opens with Walt. The heck does this say? Turtle kid? Turter kid? Oh, tutoring a kid. I mean, Walt's doing a lot of explanation. The kid gets a 1.5 on the, the paper. And then he kind of begs. And then Walt says, like, no way. And then he says, uh... Uh, oh, he says, no, go study prof, a oh, pretty boy. Go study pretty boy, maybe, he says, and then get out. I noticed the kid had a bow-armed walk. Like, I don't know how many people listen to Game of Drones, but Arya's sidekick in the House of Black and White had a bow-armed walk. I don't know if they have anything to do with each other. Probably not. Uh, then Walt grabs his secret phone, he calls, and it's like, uh, Rancho de Jose. It goes straight to voicemail, it's Jose Miguel's. And then the next thing you know, Walt's in his car driving to Jose uh, Miguel's house. I notice he locked his car doors, which I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And then he knocks, uh, Jose, I, put, I noted that Jose Miguel has a really nice peephole. I mean, and I, I mean that on his door, you know. Is he had a real nice peephole. And then Walt's banging on the door uh, and yelling, and then Jose Miguel's neighbor, Jose Miguel's neighbor, uh, yell. She's like, hey, cut it out. And then Wolf starts to feed her a bunch of low, like, BS at first. I was like, is it about them being friends, or is he worried because Jose's an addict? Uh, 
I think he and he tells her he's his dad, and then there's still lots of talking, uh, which is hard for me still to pick up on without the subtitles. But then Jose opens the door. He says, uh, "Papa, come on in." And he was he pulled him in so cool, like it was suave. I mean, this Jose Miguel, it was suave, man. And he says to his neighbor, "Thanks." She says, "Total bien." And they share like a long, a long look, and then afterwards she kind of laughs. Uh, and she says, uh, "Walter Mercado," because that's what Woe said his name. She says, "I'm Walter, his dad, Walter Mercado." But then we get inside, and Walt's all been out of shape, and he, Jose's stressed and smoking. Walt's getting all passive aggressive about the phone calls, and Jose's not answering. But then Jose's still like having some uh, trauma from from everything, you know, from the, the dealing with Walt and having to do some bill collecting with the ATM. And so then he's mad at Walt. He's like, you're the one who got me into all this. And then Walt's like, oh, no, 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 don't blame me. And he's like, dude, do you get the gravity of this situation and its impact on me? What kind of father figure are you? And then the phone rings, but Jose's like, I'm not answering that. I want to go back to bed. And they think Walt leaves. They put Lo Siento after that. I don't know what that's from. And then we have Henry, he's looking at a statue of someone. He's talking with a guy. He said, is that his computer guy or something? And then I put Jose doing some kind of TV show material. No one let, oh, well, no, Henry was doing that. Like Henry, Henry seemed like he was doing something about uh, something on TV or something, and no one was finding it amusing. Uh, he did, however, have a wonderful shirt on, a black checked shirt, like a uh, hatch with a cross hatches. It looked great. And then the supervisor comes in. He makes even more absurd or awkward jokes. Uh, but then they start joking in English, and they're like, yeah, and then everything seemed calm. But then they leave, and they leave Henry alone. He has a little bit of a dark moment looking at this little statue. Uh, that's been going back and forth between him and the other guy's desk. And then we have Walt at the supermercado uh, with the crew, his crew, you know, Sweaty Mohawk, Mono, and then I don't know what the guy's name is, Combo in in the U.S., I don't know. Uh, And and Mohawk, Sweaty Mohawk, Heisenberg, Walt says Heisenberg. And he's trying to talk money, uh, but uh, Sweaty Mohawk's talking about his favorite foods and stuff. Mono looks pretty concerned for the four brain cells that he has. And then he says, something with Eisenberg and, what did I say, electric? It looks like E-L-E-D-Y-O-N-I-C, which is definitely not a word in any language. Uh, and then it says the guy, oh, the guys seem worried. Whatever happens, they first are worried, and then they're impressed with how Heisenberg handled it. And then we have CLO. She's at an open job call. Everyone's kind of giving her looks, and she's pregnant. And then they're, like, all trying to be helpful. Then she talks to the receptionist. 
I also noticed in this one, the receptionist seemed to have something going with one of her co-workers, like they had a thing right before Cielo got to the desk that Cielo observed, where there was a flirty moment between the receptionist and a male co-worker. But then she has a little back and forth with the receptionist or whoever's in charge of this desk here. And the lady's trying to brush her off about being pregnant and all that. And then I think Cielo's like, hey, can I go use your bathroom? And then uh, she, she runs, and then she sees her old friend who happens to be the boss. And then they start to catch up and talk about kids, and then they talk about the business and his daddy. And then he's like, I figured this, he's like, hey, why are you here? She's like, uh, Verdada, I'm here for a job in Servio or something. Does that say? Oh, and Syria. Are you serious? Because, yeah, then they talk serious. And uh, he's like, that won't work. And she's like, oh, that's too bad. And he's like, oh, I got an idea. Let's hold hands like old times. And he's like, oh, I got another idea. And then she bites her lip. And I, see, I think he offered her a job. Uh, then the next scene is back at Jose's. Jose, Jose are looking at a map. Jose's still distracted, and then he and Walt can't agree on this map plan, whatever they're trying to work out. And Jose's like, I need to exit this conversation for my mental health. And Walt's like, dude, no, 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 we got to work this out together. It's clear Walt's thinking big about Globo, he even says. And then he, so Jose starts to Ho, Jose starts to get really pumped up with the discussion. Then Walt coughs. Jose starts hitting the bong. And then they, yeah, we're in Norte de Mexico, so northern Mexico, I guess. Henry's with some other cops uh, with this cigar cowboy who's talking English. He's giving Henry attitude for not knowing English. And the guy seems like he's asking for all sorts of horse-related products, expensive stuff. And it seems to be making Henry sick because sick, he's the guy who wants more and more uh, amounts and it seems expensive, too much. And Henry gets pissed and then he yells and argues and walks off. But it's too much for Henry and he, he just gets pissed. He starts the argument, yells, and walks off. And then we hit... Uh, and then we have uh, Cielo and Maria, and they're talking potatoes, or well, Mer Cielo's working with potatoes. And they're talking about stuff, and then Cielo talks about her new job and her old boyfriend. And they talk about money problems, and then boom, Walt shows right up, and then he's coughing up a storm. Uh, but he runs in the bathroom for most of the coughing to hide out. And then the next scene is breakfast. Cielo and Walt Jr. are discussing something. And then Walt comes in. He's like, hey, what are you wearing? And she's like, uh, Cielo look lovely. And she's like, do I look okay? And Walt Jr. is very proud of his mom. She's like, she's going to work. He's like, okay, what? What, okay? And she tries to kind of, um, I don't know what I wrote. SL, it looks like slide. Uh, she tries to something. Uh, oh, she tries to slide in where she's working real smooth. And Walt's like, what, Kay? You're working with your old boyfriend or, I don't know, something. 
And then he's all eating quiet, alone, hurt. And then Jose goes outside. He runs into his neighbor. There's his lovely neighbor. She's writing, I think, or something. And it's like, oh, no, she's drawing. And Jose says, muy, muy becano. Becano in Colombia means totally awesome, I think. And Jose checks out her art, and then they start. Che- it seems like they're checking each other out. And then Jose gets kind of outed by a dude walking by. He, he's walking a dog. He says, uh, Jose, Jose Miguel Rojas? And Jose's like, yeah, I guess I'm not uh, Jose Mercado. Or bad, you know, anyway, I got to go. He says, or, or anyway, I got to go. And then we see C-O-P-E, that's who Henry seems to be working for him, and the guys are on a stakeout. And it's clear the guys just can't stand him. But then Henry sees some, he says, turtle out of, out of control, tur- turtle in danger, or maybe a turtle smuggling something, and they all move in on this turtle. And then they say, did you call this a turtle? It's a tortoise. And they have a big laugh about it. They say, this is no turtle. This is a tortoise, uh, 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 Henry. And Henry takes that tough. He's like, oh, no, I thought it was a turtle. And he doesn't like it. And he, he go, he's like, I need no loan time. I trick. And then the next thing you know, they say, oh, no, this is a snapping turtle. You were, you were right, but worse, Henry. And then the turtles start snapping at the COPE people. Uh, then the next scene is uh, Jose Miguel with his crew. He's explaining to them the new plan, the new sitch, about adding people, explosive growth. Uh, Sweaty talks about how he likes uh, salad bars, or he does. He, he's checking his salad bar out a lot. Uh, but Jose Miguel is very clearly happy. He's pumping his guys up. And the next thing is, is Cielo's at her new office, her new bowl, boss rolls by. A guy's smooth, I'll tell you. The guy seemed very smooth, but then she says, hey, in her first, this is how unsmooth I am. I said, what brand? He's got some sort of branding polo on. Ended up it was a wine stain because she says, uh, you got some wine on that shirt? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or sweater, maybe it's a sweater, I don't know, but anyway. And she says, what's going on in your house? He goes, oh, my, I'm alone, you know, my wife's not with them. She she moved out a while ago. And he says, hey, how about we get some lunch, what do you say? And she says, let me hide this picture of my husband and son. Uh, then the next scene is uh, Jose Miguel putting batteries in for his new TV. He sets out a chair. He's seen his neighbor moving by. And then he's, like, outside, he's thinking about it. And then he makes a move to talk to her. And he tells her the truth about being not being Jose Mercado. And then he says, you know, geez, I'm a Jose Miguel, Ro- Jose Miguel Rojas. And he's like, okay. She's like, okay. And he's like, hey, you want to come inside and check out my TV? Uh, it doesn't have any TV stations, but I got a TV. And then he can't get it to work. He snaps at it. I thought that was cool. And she just sits there and looks on. 
And then they have a little accidental hand-holding and some good music plays. Uh, And I think, I don't know who was the aggressor in that hand-holding situation. I think it may have been Jose Miguel. And we'll see later on that it's different here in America. Or maybe it wasn't different. I actually didn't write it down. Uh, but, but whatever, that was the end of that wonderful episode of Metastasis. All right, so we're talking, uh, as far as Breaking Bad goes, we're talking Season 2, Episode 7, uh, Negro y Azul. And I can't believe it's, I mean, when I start seeing these episodes again, I'm like, man, this was only the second season of the show. So impressive. Uh, but we're going to talk about, I mean, this was something that stuck with me. And as far as someone that tries to make something, uh, say, geez, uh, I don't know, this is just something I had an, impression, it had an impression on me because what a creative way to open the episode with a, a music video, uh, Narco Corridos, or however it is, we're going to talk about it later. It's just stretching uh, the imagination from both ends, I think, from the creator's end and then as the audience. I guess maybe from three ends, because it's stretching you on both ends, audience-wise. I, I don't know. I just love, I just loved it, and I remember talking to people. I remember when the first this episode aired, because I said, geez, I remember talking to people, and someone explaining to me, you, you know. So, But we'll talk more about it. But it opens with the video uh, where they're singing Negro y Azul. And then the next scene is Waltz at the board. He's got an O, he's got an N. He's like nitrogen binds to oxygen, strong force of attraction. And when Walt's at the board at school, strong chance of somatic messaging here. He says, you know, covalent bonds, ionic bonds, uh, coming together form compounds. Uh, chemical bonds are what make matter matter. Thank you, Walt. And those bonds are what hold the physical world together, what hold us together. And then the kids, this punk kid's like, I got it, bonds or whatever. He goes, well, it says, well, your test scores don't show that. It tells me you don't get it at all. You got a 58, dude. Or I think the kid says, I got a 58, almost passed. But then he even gets better. I got to try not to go down too many personal stories here because it triggered a couple of them. But the kid's like, come on, man, just let me. He goes, I really studied, like, uh, hard. And then he tries to use, this is so funny, he says, I'm so into chemistry for, like, the concepts. And well, it's like, don't bullshit a bullshit or, you know, go apply yourself. Uh, but this reminds me of a, a period I went through in high school where I was, I think, and, and now, now this is definitely narcissism, negative narcissism, kind of. But I remember going through a period, this is when they said, oh, no, you don't got dyslexia, too. Uh, so it's probably mostly their fault, but I, I'll take the blame because, like, you know. But I was going through a period where I was scoring 20s uh, on, on tests, like below 50. And I think it, when it came time for the, they gave a number, you know, they didn't give A, B, C, D in my high school. They, I think they gave a number grade. And I'm pretty sure, like, in math and maybe biology, I got in, or chemistry. Oh, no, chemistry I did all right. I remember the chemistry teacher now, but... Like, I'm pretty sure I got in a, like, a 26 was my grade out of, out of 100. 
Um, and I don't know, I don't know if that really happened, but I, I definitely got twenties on tests and I'm, and I'm like, well, may, I think they had to change the rules at the school. Cause they said, well, we can't do this. You know, this is going down on his permanent record, but they were like, they're like, this is also our permanent record. We don't, you know, this kid, he's, you know, he is 26 when it comes to math, when it comes to dull, dull, lulling, soothing tones. You know, I'm I'm up there, but when math's 26, and, but they said, well, Jesus, this is, you know, a lot of times they use it as going down on your permanent record. Uh, but but then they said, wait a second, no, this is our per, per, permanent record, too. So they did a little CYA action, uh, maybe. This is just my memory, which is always wrong anyway. But, but uh, So I feel for that kid getting a 58. But what I also try to explain to my school, and I'll try to make this short, is that uh, in New York State they had exit testing. You could get, you were getting a diploma from the state anyway. And, I, you know, just because I don't understand the concepts doesn't mean I don't understand how to pass a test. Unfortunately, that that made made even less believable that I couldn't do it because I said, "Well, geez, it's just a test. I don't have to understand these concepts. I just have to understand how they construct the test, and then I can figure out a way to pass the test. I don't need to learn anything. I just need to beat the test, and I won't cheat. Don't worry." I would tell them that I said I could figure out the test. Is you know the, the person writing the test. It is, you know, they're just right. They're like, okay, let's just, I said that, you know, you could buy the old test books. And I said, the test is the same every year. They just change the numbers around. You know, it's still, it's a quadratic. And they said, well, geez, well, then you should, why can't you just learn the kind? I said, I can't. It's hard when you don't know the truth. Even now, when you're telling a story, it's kind of a weird thing to be telling this story and be like, well, where is the truth there? And I heard X-Files got picked up or something, so maybe, they, you know, the truth is out there. Maybe they could look into that. Uh, scooter and math, unresolved territory. Uh, but back to Breaking Bad, you know, it just broke bad, broke, broke. It's not bad memories. I just say, Jesus, what is the truth in there, though? It's interesting. Uh, but where was it? So Walt throws the kid out. He goes to dig out his phone. It's probably in, like, the worst hiding spot. He's, he, first, he's like, oh, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Uh, but then he goes and gets his phone from, like, uh, but I put calls off the dogs. I don't know what that means. But uh, uh, he, he hides his phone in the ceiling. I'm like, what, what kind of bullshitter are you, dude? Don't, have you ever, if you can bullshit people, you should know how to hide stuff. And believe me, I've thought about, I think I probably put some adult material in ceiling tiles before it always got found. So, you know, that's usually, you know, you, you learn ceiling tiles aren't good around 6th, 7th grade. By the time you get to high school, you know, you know, don't put anything, you know, that's where you put the diversionary stuff. The secondary fake cell phone that's full of candy. And you say, see, Skylar, this is just my candy phone. You know, I hide it up here because, you know, I don't want the kids to know when I have a little candy, you know, thing. A little candy craving, Skylar. Don't worry, I'm not a meth dealer or anything. It's, it's just, Yeah, it's a second cell phone. It's a candy phone full of candy. Uh, but he uses the phone to call Jesse, calls off the dogs. Oh, because he says, hey, Jesse, don't do anything crazy. Uh, I'm feeling guilty. Drives the apartment. Uh, a lot of knocking on the door. I noticed that in uh, Colombia and uh, U.S., the apartments are switched. 
So in this case, Jesse's apartment's on the right and Columbia's apartment's on the left. Uh, so if you're keeping score at home, you know, that's something to think about. I don't know. You know, that's a major creative, you know, point. Do we want Jose? We'd Jose Miguel looks better on the left. Uh, Jesse looks better on the right. Uh, then Jane's like, please stop with the freaking knocking. And he's like, well, it's the bullshitter. He's like, hey, I got to get in here. And uh, she's like, well, I've got a key. I ain't giving it to you. He's like, I'm his father. And she's like, you're Mr. Jackson. He's like, oh, yeah, Walt Jackson, you know, the father of Jesse Jackson. He's like, who are you? She's like, Jane. And she's like, well, you know, quit knocking on the door. If you want to call him, you can use my phone, but I'm not letting you in there. And she's like, whatever's going on between you, that's your business. But, you know, I can't, you know. You're not going in. And then we have an epic Aaron Paul moment here and an epic moment uh, for the the wonderful, you know, because these TV shows are a giant collaborative piece of work here. And the creativity, as we've seen on things like Game of Thrones, uh, trickles down. And here it trickles down to me. And, and I'm, I'm not being uh, sarcastic. I mean this. In, this is an epic moment. As far as the acting and wardrobe goes, because Aaron Paul, Jesse opens the door. He looks terribly hungover and out of it. And he's wearing this jack-o'-lantern T-shirt, an orange jack-o'-lantern T-shirt. It's just it's mind-blowingly sweet. And he's just his his mannerisms of, of being out of it and hungover and, and, and just over Walt, too. Not only hungover, whatever... But, you know, he's got a, you know, a Heisenberg hang, level hangover. And then we go in the house, and there's literally about 40 bags, many, many Funyuns bags on the floor. So it just keeps getting better. Uh, these little wonders they leave for people like me. And then Walt's all, you know, Walt can't get over the Jesse Jackson thing. He's always looking for, he's a nitpicker. He's like, you know, can't you think of a better pseudonym than Jesse Jackson? And he's like, you know, he's like, dude, you know, what do I look like, uh, inventor of fake names? And then Walt's like, what the hell have you been doing? He's like, the business you put me on, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm having some stress about it. I need some alone time. And he's like, I handled the business. And then Walt's like, what do you mean handled it? Let me, can I criticize you for more than one way? And uh, he's like, you know, dude, just this, the, 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 that's settled. I need to rest, you know. He goes, the ATM machine gave us our money, okay? But I'm pretty stressed. I need to lie down and close my eyes and just smoke, smoke, smoke a little, little herb here. And Walt's kind of like, at first he's crit- Walt tries the criticism route, and then he says, okay, this isn't working. Uh, but Jesse is like a little bit, uh, his reaction is less uh, be- beaten than Jose Miguel's. Jose Miguel was taking it harder than Jesse was. So we start to see some differences in the acting, not in skill, but just in approach. But it's like really golfful. I don't know, is it, can you be golfful? But it is that Walt is criticizing Jesse here. And then Badger calls, and that is hilarious. Holy crap. Because uh, Badger says, yeah, he's call- I'm calling about the 32 lar- large pants. 
Uh, you're going to get back on that horse. Yeah, you get on it. Or maybe that's what would happen. Uh, something like that happened. I, I, again, I didn't write it down, but I, I think, uh, well, maybe Walt said that to Jesse, and Jesse said, you get on the horse, you take care of it. Today's my day off. Yeah, that's what it was. And then we have uh, Hank being kind of insensitive. He's talking about the uh, Jesus Mal- Malverde, the patron saint of drug dealers. And the guy he's talking to, now Hank's one kind of, uh, I don't know if he was a, Hank's not a jerk. Maybe he is, but this guy was a know-it-all. I guess Hank might be a jerk. This guy's, pardon my French, an asshole. Because he's talking about all the stuff Hank doesn't know, and he's using his knowledge to kind of make it that he speaks Spanish and knows who Jesus Malverde is and Sun Tzu. Uh, to kind of make uh, hurt Frank's self-esteem. Hey, hey, hey Frank, hey, Hank's self-esteem. But Hank deals with the uncomfortableness by, you know, kind of making insensitive jokes. And then, but then he kind of, the guy just does suck a little bit. Hank gets all low-key after the boss comes in and the a-holes kind of like making him look bad. And they even make a joke in Spanish, uh... And Hank just kind of laughs at you know, he kind of laughs at it uncomfortably. And then we had a uh, comedy gold at the uh, oh no, Hank's laugh is comedy gold. But then we even have more of this atomic museum, uh, with uh, combo, uh, uh badger. And the guy whose name will come to me, but he's like, Oh, this is a sad, sadly picture of you farting. And then they're like, fat man and little boy. He's like, I got a fat man in my pants, yo. And then Heisenberg rolls in, and uh, he's all, they're like, are you Heisenberg? And Walt kind of lowers his jacket, his, his uh, sunglasses. And they're like, where's Jesse? He's like, busy. And they're like, dude, we're cool, we're cool. Here's all your money. And we're not confused. We know you're the boss and stuff. And they're like, did all that stuff with Jesse really happen? And Walt's like, what did you hear? Uh, who, and who'd you hear from? Walt's acting kind of hard and mysterious. And he's like, we didn't hear anything from me. Because they're like, everybody's, you know, like, whoa, watch out for Heisenberg. But as Walt walks off, he puts his glasses back on. And there's thunder in the background. I notice they said, oh, that's symbolic, maybe. Or just atmospheric. And then we're at Bernicke's or whatever, and there's job applications. Everyone's scouting out, scoping out Skylar's pregnant belly. Uh, and then there's a woman at the front desk, and she gives Skylar the we'll let you know type thing. And then Skylar does this total fake out. She's like, hey, and she does like a left, left right, left, and then she goes right for Mr. Bernicke. Bern- I can't say his name. Bernanke, maybe. Ted Bern- Ted Bernan- Ben Bernanke, that's what I would keep thinking of, but it's not him. But then she runs into Ted, and then they talk about family, but you can feel it's a little bit awkward. Uh, but it was really good acting, uh, and, and whatever, oh, writing, you know, the uncomfortableness of catching up when there was, like, uh, underlying tension. Uh, I also wrote that Ted seemed more charming and responsible than I remember him from the first time I watched Breaking Bad, but he probably, you know, botched that. 
but they work out, you know, Skylar gets a job and everything, her old job back. And then we have uh, Walt and Jesse looking at a map, and Walt's like, here and here, you know, here's a... And Jesse's still in the jack-o'-lantern shirt, by the way, just in case you're like, oh, is, is it, you know, shirt's still awesome. But Walt is, like, thinking he knows everything. He's like, oh, look at all this territory we could expand into. This is a whole city. And Jesse's like, that's not our territory, dude. Don't you know how drug dealing works? And Walt's like, you just need to rub some initiative on it, kid. You know, triple up the crew. He goes, it's exponential growth. And Jesse's like, it's, it's not our territory. We can't be going in there. And Walt's like, I don't care, you know, if they don't like it. Uh, he goes, they, they think uh, Heisenberg and Jesse are on the case. The game's changed, buddy. And then Walt goes, uh, this was just uh, hysterical. He, go, he tries to bump Jesse up. He goes, hey, Jesse, look at me. You're a blowfish. Jesse's like, what? He's a blowfish. Small in stature, not swift, not cunning, easy prey for predators. Uh, but you got a secret weapon. You know, you can puff up and look tougher. <clears throat> and then scare the other fish off. He goes, you're a blowfish. He goes, it's just an illusion. You're not really tough. Uh... But no, no, who messes with the blowfish, Jesse? Uh, nobody. He goes, you're damn right. And he goes, Jesse goes, I'm a blowfish. So you're, you're, you say it again, I'm a blowfish. He goes, say it like you mean it, Jesse. I'm a blowfish. He goes, that's it, man. And then uh, Aaron Paul, I guess, one, he goes, blowfishing this up, and he's hitting, hitting the mong. Uh, and then I seen his Hank in the... Um, uh, motel room with the other cops and the informant and he's going going through this sky mall and he's making fun of uh hank for not knowing spanish he says this is in branson missouri he goes i could teach you you know some spanish uh but then the guy's like uh, the guy goes i'm a tortoise you know he goes the whole thing he's 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 like i take my sweet time oh wait no it's later First he goes through there, he goes, uh, you know, he wants a Derek Jeter baseball, a bunch of those. Uh, $2,800 floor runner carpets. And they're trying to negotiate, but it's not a real negotiation because that guy has all the power. And Hank's like, this is ridiculous. This guy's wasting our time. And he's like, uh, yeah, this guy's demeaning to Hank. And he says, I'm Tortuga. And he goes, what does that mean? And Hank says, it probably means asshole in Spanish. He goes, no, 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 tur turtle. He goes, I take my time. I always win. And then he goes, as a matter of fact, I'm going to win this uh, tur turtle garden sculpture here in the uh, Sky Mall catalog. Give me a couple of those. And then we have uh, Skylar and Marie. Marie's kind of looking through. She's got a glass of wine. She's looking through a magazine. Uh, they're talking about Hank being on a hush-hush deal, but maybe riding a desk. That's what she would prefer. And Skylar's like, well, I got a job. And Marie's like, uh, as big as you are? 
And she's like, well, who would want to work with someone like ready to burst like you? And uh, Skyler says, uh, Bernanke, Bernanke, Ted Bernanke, I think. And she goes, oh, no, you know, Mr. Grabby Hands. And she goes, that was only once, Marie. Don't worry about it. And she goes, don't worry, he's married anyway. It won't happen again. And she's like, is this really, you guys that short on money? She's like, yeah. And she goes, you know, Walt. And then Walt walks in. She goes, oh, Walt. And she goes, dinner in an hour. And then Walt goes in the bathroom. He's crunching or coughing up a storm. And then we have more dialogue on this show. It's just so good. We have a... Uh, Walt Jr. and Skyler, and he goes, hey, this is Raisin Bran, not Raisin Bran Crunch. And Skyler's like, it's the same thing. She, but he, there's a subtext there uh, where Skyler would really want to say, hey, asshole, Raisin Bran's cheaper than Raisin Bran Crunch. We're broke. Uh, but she doesn't say that. She, he, she says, it's the same thing. He goes, no, it's not. And she goes, why don't you go do the grocery shopping? And he goes, it's not that hard, Mom. It says Crunch on the box. And then Walt comes in, he's like, whoa, where are you going, a funeral? And she goes, jeez, really? Is that what I look like? And Walt Jr.'s like, Mom got a job. He's like, really? She's like, yeah, we're broke, Walt. And then he says, in your condition? And it's like, jeez, Walt, you know, maybe you need some sensitivity training, buddy. And then we realize that Skyler's cover-up of why she didn't work there wasn't harassment, it was welding fumes. And she's like, yeah, they do green welding now. And Ted's running things. Mr. Bernanke, Bernanke to be passed away. But I said, well, it's like, oh, Ted, I don't know, recognize that name. And this guy was like, well, he's to get all the pictures I was going through the other night. I also noticed there was a big tin of Coleman's mustard powder on their counter, a big one. Which I've bought that before to use in like, uh, you know, spices or rubs. I never, I don't think I've ever used it to make mustard from a powder. But, you know, you can put it in chili and stuff as a, as a spice. But a big one, you know, I said, geez, they use that much mustard powder? I'd like to know what Skylar's doing with that. Uh, and that's a good sign if you're in somebody's house. You know, they're either English or they say, geez, you make some savory stuff up in this joint. Uh, Skyler, you know, and the Skyler's kind of telling white lies. She, and then she's like, gotta go, honey. And then Jesse's, then we're at Jesse's. He's leaving his place. He runs into Jane. He's like, hey, I'm going to hit Costco to get a big TV. And he's like, uh, what are you drawing? And she, he, then he's like, damn, that's good. And they make a nice tattoo. And she's like, yeah, well, I work at ABQE Inc. He goes, you're a real good drawer. Oh, my goodness, so wonderful. And he goes, I used to do a little of that. And Jane, just, she, she's sly. She says, oh, you used to be a drawer, too? What stopped you? And he's like, well, you're a tattoo artist with no tattoos. She goes, yeah, it's too much of a co uh, commitment. And then a dude goes by in a motorcycle. He goes, hey, Pinkman, you're the man, man. Keep it real. And she goes, I thought you were Jackson. And Jesse's like, okay, I got to go. And there's something about Je Jesse. I put so, I put Jesse two uh, exclamation points. And I put so go goatee. I don't know what that means. And then we're on stakeout and Hank's acting all passive aggressive uh, about that guy. And, and, 
you know, saying stuff about, hey, you got any more catalogs, you know? And, and then the guys are talking stuff about Hank behind his back in Spanish. And then Hank says, geez, I see, you know, they have the whole thing about his turtle. He says, I see a turtle down there. They go, we're looking for a tortoise. And he goes, I think that might be a tortoise. And they go down there. Is that what happens? Yeah, they go down there. And uh, it says on the tortoise, Ola devils. And then they say, oh, it's a, that's why it's a snapping turtle. You're right, Hank. And then we're back at the Atomic Museum with Jesse and the crew. And he's like, the game has changed. This is our town, our turf. You know, we do what we want. We're going to be kings. Or I guess I'll be king. You guys will be princes or dukes or something. And Badger says, I want to be a knight. And then Jesse's like, we got to get some soldiers, you know, some foot soldiers to do stuff for us. And, uh, you know, then it'll be, have, it'll be layered like nachos, exponential growth, success with a capital S, and they're like straight up for shizzle, awesome. And they're like, oh, mad cheddar. I don't know. Then, so then Jesse goes, and then Jesse goes out to the car. He's all jazz. He's like, the boys are ready. We're going to make some mad cheddar, Mr. White. Fat stacks, dead presidents, cash money, own the city. And Walt's like, we got to up the price. You know, we cornered the market, raised the price. Simple econ 101. And then we're at Skylar at work. Ted comes in, checks Skylar out, checks her office out. Uh, he's got a, a stain, a wine stain or juice stain. That's what Skylar says. And then she says, what happened? He says, well, people change, you know. And he's a little more goofy here, less charming. And then he leaves, and Skylar kind of gives a look after he walks away. And then we have Jesse. He's got two lawn chairs set up. He's using his remote to get his TV going, drinking a beer, searching for channels, spying on his neighbor, seeing she's home. But then she's out back smoking, and and she's go. This is a great, great scene. This is like something out of a classic movie. Because uh, she, this actress, who I am sorry, I know she has, she had had a, a TV show on the air too, but she's outside smoking and she's smoldering, and I do, and I just mean her, everything about her is all quiet and smoldering, and the bungalows, it really felt like something from the forties, thirties, forties, fifties, or like a scene a little bit from a David Lynch likes these kind of scenes, I think too, with just a little bit of a. I don't know, smoldering actress with and cigarette smoke. And even the dialogue, he says, hey, she says, hey, yourself, you know. Like something almost like a Kathleen Turner type role. And then Jesse gets all honest. He's like, hey, my name's Pinkman, yeah. And it's just so good because it just felt like she was playing coy. I don't know. You should do yourself a favor and watch this. a really, really good scene. Uh, I don't know. You just gotta watch it for you know if you like if you're gonna write a romantic scene or you just like I don't I don't know. There's just something nice about it. And but Jesse's like, you're not gonna kick me out, are you? Because I like it here. She's like, I don't. It's not my business as long as you don't do it here. And Jesse's like, I got this kick-ass flat screen, you know, with the, uh, you know, with super dark, you know, levels and stuff. 
and Dolby 6 point whatever rack the house. But, you know, I won't rack the house. And then they go inside, and, and uh, Jesse doesn't, he's like, I don't know what's going on here. And she kind of seems amused, and he, he, he's playing it really nice. He's got, like, the remote up against his face. Uh, really well acted, and uh, and then she makes a move on him in this one. In the uh, in the Colombian version, it was more. I think Jose. She left it out for Jose Miguel her hand and got it close, but Jose Miguel had to make the move. In this scene, she's clearly the uh, she's making a move on Jesse, and that's the end of the episode. A little hand holding. And watching a blank TV. Uh, so that's that's the episode. Okay, so first, this is going to be the, instead of the language, red pen run through language learning, we're going to do stuff from the song. And we're going to cover it in more than one way here. But the first thing I'm going to do is I just took notes from the metastasis version of the song. <coughs> And then I looked those up. So this is kind of like the red pen language learning run through. And then we'll talk more about the C. Senor Estes Valsdale Heisenberg, which transmitted into uh, C. Senor Estes uh, is the uh, Waltz Heisenberg. So maybe Vals is Waltz. Este, this. Uh, K. Los Gringos Inventoron, uh, the Gringos invented. Uh, e. C. K. El Vivo Vive del Bobo is and lives, lives booby. E. Tomar lo que han dejado and take what they have left. Uh, Heisenberg se ha logrado. Heisenberg has been achieved. Uh, pues todos le ha ganado for all he has won, or maybe gained almost. Esta importe posición, you know, this important position. KBN me Heisenberg. Uh, that I, Heisenberg, well, that's what it sa- that says, but, uh, what is good, my Heisenberg? I don't know. Uh, Heisenberg, no lo ha notado. Heisenberg's not noticed. Uh, Puero uh, a cartel ha enfado. Uh, the cartel ha- is angry. Uh, y lo ha lo están buscando, and they're already looking for. Uh, Dicen que el negocio ha donado. Say business has donado. Hmm. Uh, pues la gente y no la compra, because people don't buy. Uh, pero el arbol uh, se conoce, but the trees are cooking. Uh, por el fruto que ha dejado. Uh, by the fruits that has made it, the fruits, you know. Uh, the, uh, this is not all the words of the song, by the way, just the ones I could get down. Uh, muy pronto será en, encontrado. Uh, very soon will be encontrado. 
uh, Elementria Dura, and Lies Hard, uh, Mientras La Verdad Llega, and Lies and Truth Arrives, uh, Hombre Muerto as Heisenberg. Heisenberg's going to go live somewhere w- with his puppies. Uh, Unque un, un un el no se he dado cuenta. Although you've not realized this Heisenberg, Esta Heisenberg. Uh, y te lo dijimos, uh, and you reported it. Uh, Heisenberg lo está logrado. Heisenberg, what is this logrando? Uh, pues hablan de él en más estados. Uh, they speak of him in more states. Even swim knows. Uh, y en nunca nadie lo conoce. Even swim knows? Oh no, the old swim knows. Uh, su mamá internacional. Your, her mom is international. Really? Uh, por eso a más de uno ya. Uh, so to more than one. Oh, this next one's good. Uh, uh, y nunca deo ajujas, uh, no se pican. Although do the needles now will itch. Uh, empola y ha sacado, uh, blister he has already taken. Maybe, maybe I'm out of order here. Because owner's market? Oh, maybe, yeah, that's pues. Pues los duenos del mercado, because it's owner's market. Uh, muy molestos lo están buscando. Easier and better burning. Yeah, it's easier and better burning, Mass. Uh, wait, I'm, I'm somewhere I'm out of order. Uh, por eso a este pinche gue. Uh, why this click gooey? Uh, mas facil y mejor cuema. That's has to do with burning. Uh, ya orderon su contenta and ordered his contain. Ah, uh, chinga, chinga, chinga. That's a uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, que se esconda el cabrón. Uh, the cabrón is second. Uh, esto cuate son muy bravos. Brave these guys are. No TNA, hey, not here. Uh, so that's actually the Red Ben run through the song. We're going to roll right into the uh, song and uh, keep it going here. So I'll be back in, uh, you know, I'm just going to hit stop so we don't lose any files. All right. All right, so this is uh, from the BreakingBadWikia.com, uh, Negro y Azul, the battle, Ballad of Heisenberg. is a narco-corrido song pro- performed by Los Cuates de Sonola, and it tells the story of Heisenberg and his infamous blue mask, which we'll talk more about the song later. Oh, wait, I thought this had the lyrics here. Uh, so, yeah, so here's the lyrics. Uh, La ciudad se llama Duke. The city's called Duke. Nuevo Mexico, el estado. New Mexico, the state. Entre la gente mafiosa, among the gangsters. Su fama se ha, ha propagado. His fame is greatly spread. 
Cosa de una nueva droga que los gringos han creado. Because uh, of a new drug these gringos have created. Uh, dicen que el color azul y que es pura calidad. And they say it's colored blue and that it's pure in quality. Esa droga ponderosa que circular circula cula en la ciudad. That powerful drug that is running through the town. Y los duenos de la plaza no la puedon parar. And the owners of the market couldn't stop it. Uh, tienen la plaza del duque, el tuco y el crazy eight. El tuco uh, la dieron piso mejando su escalade. Uh, they had the Duke's Market, El Tuco, and Crazy Eight. They had to go go away while he was driving his Escalade. Un poco antes lo gabachos. Que bar bar baron El Crazy Eight. And a while before the gabachos finished off with finished off Crazy Eight. Uh, and uh, caliente el guitar al respeto la le folteron. Uh, the cartels running hot because they were disrespected. Hablan uh, de un tal Eisenberg que ahora controla el mercado. They talk about some Eisenberg who now controls the market. Nadie sabe nada de él porque nunca lo han morado. No one knows a thing about him since they've never seen him. Uh, el, cartel, uh, el cartel es de respeto y jamás ha perdonado. Uh, the cartel is about respect and they have never forgiven. Este compre ha esta muerto. No mas no lehan avisado. Uh, this homie's already gone away. Uh, he just hasn't been told so. Uh, la fama uh, de Heisenberg. Iago hasta Michoacan. Heisenberg's fame's reached all the way down to Michoacan. Michoacan. Uh, Dese de Aya. Uh, Kieran Veneer a probar ese cristal. From way over there, they want to come to taste that crystal. Ese material azul ha sejizo internacional. The blue stuff's gone international. Ahora si le quedo bien a Nuevo Mexico el nombre. Now New Mexico's name is well suited. Uh, Mexico se parece en tanta droga que esconde. And now it looks just like Mexico because all the drugs it's hiding. Solo que hay un capo gringo por Eisenberg lo conocen. Except there's a gringo boss as Eisenberg as he's known. Oh, conocen, I thought it meant cook, but I guess it means known. Oh, conocer, that means to know. Oh, cocina, cocien, maybe that means to cook. 
Uh, Inda caliente el cartel al respeto la falteron. And the cartel once again is thrown in the hot because they were disrespected. Hablan de un tal Eisenberg que ora controla el mercado. Uh, talking about some Heisenberg who now controls the market. Uh, nadie sabe nada del porque nunca lo han morado. No one knows a thing about him since they've never seen him. A la furia de cartel, nadie jamás ha escapado. Uh, from the fur- fury of the cartel, no one's ever escaped. Uh, ese compra y está, ya está muerto, no más no le han avisado. Uh, this homie's already gone, you know, to see his puppy at the farm. He just hasn't been told so. Uh, so there's two really great articles about this song. I mean, you could really, if you're a student, I'm not, I'm not kidding here. You should do a paper on just the sim, sim, symbolism in the video, uh, just what's seen, maybe not even what's heard. Uh, but anyway, this covers more of the song. This one's from the L.A. Times from 2009, April 20th. Uh, the article's written by Josh Gajewski, J-A-G-W-S-K-I, And the article's written by Josh Gajewski, Gajewski, The article's written by Josh Gajewski, J-A-G-W-S-K-I. Uh, pardon if I mess up his name, it's from 2009, Breaking Bad crosses into narco-corrido territory. And I'm mostly going to quote from this, but I'm going to try to get through it because it's so uh, interesting, and I want to get to this other article, but this is a great. Uh, what made uh, Chilino Sanchez a legend in Mexican music wasn't that he what happened on stage with him. It was uh, how he reacted to what happened on stage. Uh, because he, he, he his uh, bravery and uh, what, do you, what do they call it, uh, bravado, uh, started to define narco corridos or drug ballads. They've become a, a staple subgenre of Mexican regional music with the spirit of danger, bravery, and standing up to the bad guys. And the bravado may help explain why Pepe Garza struggled with the lyrics for uh, a Narco Corrido music video that opened uh, Sunday's episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, it's believed to be the first time a Narco Corrido video has been prominently featured on American TV. And Garza wrote two versions. He's a longtime Composer, program director for L.A. radio station KBUEFM uh, 105.5, which at the time was called K-Buena. Uh, the first uh, version, he said through a translator, was a literal transition of lyrics Vince Gilligan gave him. And that one, uh, Eisenberg wins in the end, but in Garza's second take, uh, the, the cartel wins. And quoting Garzi says, I felt the Corrido audience wouldn't quite identify with a song that had someone from a different nationality named Heisenberg went beating the Mexican, he said. And so, so, so he had the song in the fury of the cartel ain't no one escaped yet. But, and, uh, you know, and the rest. And the show chose his version of the tune, Negro Yezu, Black and Blue 
which was performed in Spanish by Los Guates de Sonola. Uh, the song matches two speedy guitars and bumbling bass with the enthusiastic vocals of Gabriel Baraleza, who sings of the mysterious gringo from New Mexico. Uh, drugs, drugs, gun, and cash. Drugs, guns, and cash. Uh, drugs and stacks of cash are on the screen, along with a bunch of other symbolism. Uh, and the video is made to resemble a low-cost homemade Norco Corrido, Norco Corrido, Norco Corrido uh, videos that you can see on YouTube. And it's three minutes and thirty-five seconds. But what does it mean? What did it mean at the time for the Norco Norco Narco? That's why I keep messing up. Narco Corrido uh, genre. Uh, once held as a musical newspaper of current events, but criticized for glamorizing uh, the drug trade, it's it's up for debate. Uh, Garza, who, whose radio station uh, popularized the genre, starting in, when it was playing uh, these things in, in starting in 1998, calls it, it so far as to say it was historic. Uh, but Elijah Wald, who wrote a book in 2001, Narco Corrido, A Journey into the Music, Drugs, uh, a journey into the music, uh, he wasn't sure, so sure. He said, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, watching the video, though, after he watched the video, the author of the book, uh, Wald, said uh, they got the iconogra- iconography just right. And what interests him about the Cuates is there's a group called Miguelie Miguel, um, back when he was writing, who was the first modern group to come out just doing guitars without accordions and brass. And it always seemed to him to be an obvious crossover group. Oh, because in Wald's opinion, and this is controversial to me, accordions and brass bands aren't a hip. I don't think I can think of anything more pleasing to my ears than brass and accordion at the right time. But, but uh, you know, guitars by themselves are great, too, with a little bass action. Uh, back to the article, the uh, guitar-picking duo Miguel, Miguel, Miguel of Miguel Miguel is the biggest influence for one of the biggest influences for Los Cuates de Sonola, the Sonola twins, even though they're not, they're just cousins. And that was started by Gabriel and Martin Yano Barraelza. Uh, like Miguel and Miguel, along with Sanchez, uh, uh, they all grew up in the uh, Mexican state of Sonola region, you know, famous for, for producing drug lords and balladeers, corredistas. Uh, in Mexico, these pursuits often intertwine, inspiring mes- musicians to write corridos for members of uh, the drug trade in exchange for money, equipment, or connections on the entertainment scene. Uh, but these guys uh, went north uh, through Nogales when they were 14 and ended up in Phoenix, uh, where they started out on the street as buskers using borrowed guitars, but eventually did six albums. Two of them went plat- platinum on the Latin sales charts. And now a crossover to American TV and Gabrielle Baraleza. Yeza said it's a beautiful surprise. We never expected to perform for an American TV show and sing about an American gringo drug lord. 
uh, so that's an article over there in the LA Times. A nice little article there. And then we have another article over here on uh, Mother Jones uh, from September 29th, 2013. So a little more recent. And I'll try to pick, pick from this. This is written by Maggie Caldwell. Uh, like I said, September 28th, 2013. Uh, Breaking Bad, Narco Cultura, and the Ballad of Walter White. I mean, this was after the end of the Breaking Bad, which was well-known, uh, paraphrasing from the article, for its opening scenes, uh, which Vince Gilligan and his team obviously had kind of mastered. But it, one of the teasers from season two stands out because it's a video of Los Cuates de Sonola performing a narco corrido, corrido about Eisenberg. Uh, if you don't speak Spanish, it might sound like a ditty folk tune. But the more lyrics allude to uh, Heisenberg's meth business and the cartels fuming over lost territory and profits uh, with shots of blue meth and fat stacks of cash uh, playing over the music. Uh, The band's name, which means Friends of Sonola, referring to the Sonola cartel, uh, which, you know, is where the big cartels are, according to this article. Uh, but this, you know, is a is a song about Heisenberg, a fictional character, but they're a real narco corrido act. Uh, part of a genre called mo movimiento alterado, which is traditional sounding music rhapsodizing drug kingpins which has gotten popular on both, both sides of the border. But there's a new documentary about it called Narco Cultura, uh, which showcases uh, the influences of cartel in Mexican pop culture and their effects on the people uh, when, when it's not pop culture, uh, which you might want to check out. It sounds intense, but uh, uh, the article talks about the... Um, uh, so article talks about the Narco Cultura movie for a while. Yeah, but then towards the end of the article, it says, you know, with the glorification of criminals through pop culture is nothing new. There's something disarming about Narco Corridos. Uh, they sound so happy, folksy, and old-fashioned, old-fashioned, and frankly, according to the article, cheesy, like something grandmas would dance to. Yeah, the music could be banned in some uh, TV stations and radio stations. Uh, but it's kind of like uh, the equivalent of a gangster rap with a tuba and accordion. Uh, William T. Volman wrote in, uh, also wrote in Mother Jones' article about how you know fans view these uh, narco traffickers as Robin Hoods, uh, powerful men who laugh at authority and give back to their communities. But is that really true, you know? Uh, What's the reality and what's the fiction? But it sounds like uh, Narco Cultura came out uh, in September, or let's see, uh, in November of 2013, and I'm not sure how it did, but it's another interesting article, so I'll link to it in the show notes. And that's it for the show. uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, what a wonderful TV show this Breaking Bad is, huh? And I'm really enjoying Metastasis, all right? <laughs>